Of course, as we've mentioned already today, it is Halloween. So it's kind of Hong Kong's adopted tradition. It's not really a Chinese custom, but it's all about costumes, parties, and for kids, trick-or-treating with lots of candy, along with ghosts, witches and jack-o'-lanterns. Bats are one of the most iconic Halloween symbols and today we're going to talk about bats. Um, I'm thrilled to be joined in the studio by Dr. Gary Aids, the head of the Fauna Conservation Department at Kaduri Farm and Botanic Garden. Gary, welcome to the program. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thanks for coming. And we're also on Facebook Live. So if you go to my Facebook page, Karen on RTHK Radio 3, you can see and hear Gary there. So Gary, First of all, we have to talk about Halloween and the back mm. connection. Tell us yeah. all about that. It's very interesting, actually, because um, actually it's another example of how unfairly uh, bats have been maligned um, with um, evil and black uh, and uh, sort of ghostly connections. But um, um, actually, Halloween started um, with a kind of pagan festival 2000 years ago so it was a, a celtic festival in ireland and it was at the time of the year when the um the the, the, far, the farmers were celebrating their harvest okay, yeah. and so it was the end of the summer beginning of the winter and one of the ways they were doing this is to create bonfires and um it was can also this this time of the year was connected with a period where um the the ghosts of ancestors could get across into this world Ooh, okay. so it was, it was the thinnest line apparently where the ghosts could uh, cross over and so what the pagans would would do is they would create these uh, big bonfires and dress up and put masks on and dance around the fires and um this this was to to kind of um, to to disguise themselves from their ancestors that may have crossed over and may want to bring them yeah over. But it was oh. all, yeah it was also to scare them back so okay. hence probably they were using um, scary masks scary as masks. well okay. now while they were doing this um, the bonfires were cre obviously heating the air and that was a, and the light and the heat in the air was attracting insects and it was mm. kind of like the end of the summer so there was lots of insects around in autumn and those insects attracted bats Ooh. And so there was a connection made between all these bats flying in close to the bonfire and the ghosts passing across. And so they, they, this connection stayed with this kind of festival and the, the festival became Halloween. It was, uh, there was a Christian-related uh, reason for that, but it was later it became Halloween and the bats have stayed right. and they've kept this, this dark image which is a, a little bit of a shame, really. That's amazing. Okay, so now I just have, have had a Halloween history lesson as well. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. So let's talk about bats then. Um, just some bat basics in Hong Kong. Are, are they native to Hong Kong? Mm. Yeah, we have uh, 27 species in Hong Kong. And we actually discovered a new species just in two, 2017. So, really? um, yeah, so even so recently, uh, we're finding uh, a new, new bats, which is really quite amazing because um, they're, they're fairly big mammals. Right. It's just because of their, uh, their lifestyle, their nocturnal lifestyle. So they all come out at night and they hide in dark places during the day. So they can get overlooked. So it's quite an interesting field for um, an ecologist or researcher to study because there's 
always a chance there's another one out there oh, true. that, that, that you might be discovered. You just haven't so, seen it yet. Yeah. So when you um, research bets, you work at night then? Yeah, that's right. So um, I don't do this so much now because I did my research at Hong Kong U um, in 1990s mm. and uh, that was great fun and I was like working on bats every day then for about four years. Um, now it's more related with education, mm -hmm. so um, the misconceptions connected with bats, um, like we just started yes, off with, exactly. so, um, because actually bats um, are, are very important in our natural ecosystems and um, uh, fruit bats will, will pollinate uh, flowers um, of certain trees and they will uh, disperse seeds when they have eaten fruits with seeds in. So they, they naturally um, um, helped, help forests to mm. regenerate where there are patches in the forest. And um, the insectivorous bats, of course, they're um, eating lots and lots of insects. Right. So they've always been doing a good job in the sense that they've been eating mosquitoes that that annoy us. They're, they're not also, eating enough mosquitoes no. near my place. <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's a reason to encourage them. So again, you can do that because um, there are ways of creating or enhancing the environment oh, so fat, bats can you, move in. How would you well, do that? Bat boxes. Oh, you okay. can use like bat homes. You can you can create a little bat home, and we encourage this uh, with uh, schools that visit Kuduri Farm. We we. You, once you've put a bat brick or a bat mm -hmm. box up, it will encourage the bats to utilise um, that little home. And what, then, what would the ideal bat home look like and be made of? Um, well, actually, w we used to use wood, um, and a, 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 a classic bat box would be just a little wooden box. And instead of like a bird box where the hole is in the front, you just have a slit at the bottom, and the bats fly in from the bottom and then crawl up and oh, roost inside. Okay. And so they look like bird boxes but without the hole basically right, okay. but then we started using bricks because there are you can you can get hold of bat bricks which is just a hollowed out brick with a with an opening and they obviously last a lot longer mm, in the humid wood, environment yes. in hong kong yeah and oh, that's great so you, you say there are 27 species of bats they're nocturnal um where are they living are they living everywhere around hong kong mm, yeah lo lots of different places so um a lot of the insectivorous bats um, will live in caves or maybe sea caves um old water tunnels uh, holes in trees hollows in trees and there's one uh, a species of bat the japanese pipistrel which is only about four centimeters long and um Interestingly, it eats about 3,000 mosquito-sized insects a night. Oh my That's goodness. just one four-centimetre bat. That's amazing. And that, that bat can, um, it's very, very adaptable. And, and it's been, um, it's, it's adapted to using like air conditioners in Hong Kong to sleep in and to breed in. And uh, small cracks in walls, um, um, hollows under uh, classic Chinese tiles mm. in temples and those sort of places. So they're so. quite urbanised, mm. uh, as in they can live in human and around human structures. Yeah, that's that's very true, and um, I think um, that's something that people don't realise. And when they do find out that bats um, are flying close to their house, they're often quite amazed. That's when we get the phone calls to ask what what is it doing and so on. Um, but yeah, there are several species in Hong Kong that are very adapted to the urban environment. Another one is the short-nosed or dog-faced fruit bat. 
And that bat prefers um, fan palms, the Chinese fan palms, which are quite common um, in Hong Kong. And you even see the fan palms in the little islands in the middle of the road, which cars are oh, going yeah. around, so yes. roundabouts. Yes. So there might be a few um, fan palms. Uh -huh. And the bats are so adapted to the noise and the hustle and bustle of the urban environment that they will live underneath those trees. They they're known as tent making bats and basically you can tell when they're inside um, a fan palm or, or hiding under the leaves because they chew the ribs of the leaves and then the leaf falls down to form a tent I see. and then the male has a little harem inside oh. that tent um, so <laughs> and they're literally living in the middle of the road <laughs> they, they're really close Some, sometimes they're very sometimes even i'm surprised how much disturbance they will put up with and they'll okay. be just up there but nobody knows people walk past them or cars drive past them all the time but they're just quietly waiting for the night time when they will go out and start searching for their fruit diet yeah. okay do we have any vampire bats in hong kong no okay there, <laughs> i had there, to there, ask that yeah there, there are three species of uh, vampire bats and those those are all confined to um to south america um, I think it was about the 15th century that they were discovered um, by the Spanish and um, after that of course um, there was even more connection especially in Europe with um, bats and the evil things that bats do. In fact the, the novel by Bram Stoker, Dracula, yes, yes. Um, apparently he wrote that novel um, after he read a newspaper article that mentioned a um, vampire bat in South America that had drained the blood of a human. Now these vampire bats are only about seven centimeters long, <laughs> okay. so even that was a bit of a, a, a bit, bit of a, a far-fetched, I think. <laughs> and what about their life cycle? I mean, how long do bats live, and do they live in families? Yeah, that's those are interesting questions because it, it varies. The, the family side, um, some bats are quite solitary until the breeding season and others like the uh, dog-faced fruit bat, they live in large groups under these fan palms. So there, there could be up to 100 bats under a large uh, palm leaf. Um, and within the tunnels, some of the insectivorous bats will number thousands. Um, th this large grouping is all related to their um, the, the, the thermodynamics inside the, the caves as well, because they use each other's body heat during mm. the winter. Um, they're also very sociable, some bats, so they do talk to each other oh, really? and they fly out together to okay. look for for hunting places. So, so yeah, they, they, they can live in families or live um, um, on their own. And longevity is really interesting because um, although um, people might think that bats are short, their life's right. short-lived, even the little bat that I just talked about, the pipistrel, which is really tiny, can live from 15 to 20 years. Really? So when That's you compare that with, say, a mouse, although mm. bats are not related to mice, but, but comparatively, a, a mouse might live three years if it's really lucky and then our cats and dogs might live 12 13 years that's so true. that's a long time for a little tiny mammal yeah, yeah it is a long time and are they endangered at all or are there plenty of bats to go yeah around? The, uh, many bats are threatened because again it's because of their their lifestyle style their habits um they because they all roost together in one place or some species will just the, practically the whole colony within a region will be within a short distance of each other in, in inside tunnels um, anything that happens to those tunnels will cause really a serious um, 
problem for the populations of bats. And again, linked to the fact that there's many misconceptions that people tend not to like bats. So if mm. they find that they're living close by, they will try to remove try to get them. Rid of them. So mm. there are some species that are critically endangered um, in the world. Fortunately, in Hong Kong, a lot of our bat species do have fairly safe places to, to live. Those people, those bats are adapted to um, urban areas, of course. I mean, they're, they're so always they going to be happy as long as we let, let them stay right. where they are. So they know so, how to hide and yeah. how to not get discovered. Yeah, that's um, right. Are there any uh, natural predators of bats in Hong Kong? Many, yeah. So um, we have a very healthy snake population oh, in Hong so Kong. So snakes like to eat bats. Snakes can go into the bat roosts. Um, one of the ad adaptations of bats, of course, is that they hang upside down inside caves and inside tunnels. So... Um, I often get asked the question, why do they do that? Well, one of the reasons is adaptations to avoid predators. And so mm. it's not so easy for a snake or um, um, a, a predator in Hong Kong to get a, a bat that's hanging upside down in the middle of a tunnel or in the roof of an old building right in the middle. So so they do have snakes. Um, the leopard cats will feed on bats. Civets will mm -hmm. feed on bats. Um, Many many animals will take them opportunistically because they're kind of a nice size. Uh, mm. Birds of prey, oh, yes. the mm. crested goshawks, um, sparrowhawks in Hong Kong will take bats. So wow. quite quite a few, quite a few. predators. <laughs> yeah. Now, bats are also special in Chinese culture, aren't they? Mm, that's right. Yeah. So so. Um, so we've just been talking about some of these misconceptions which have a negative spin. Well, uh, fortunately, um, in Chinese culture, bats are seen as um, good luck and bringing fortune. And um, this is connected to their, the, the pronunciation of the, and the character of, of the, the name bat in Chinese. Um, it, it's Fuxu, and yeah. um, so it, the character is similar to um, good luck and fortune. Yes. And actually, that's closer to the reality because I've just explained how they pollinate our trees and many many of the um, fruiting trees, things like um, uh, um, things like uh, uh, cashew nuts, yeah. uh, bananas. Those sort of things are pollinated by uh, those sort of trees are pollinated by fruit bats. So they're actually doing a, a very good role in the environment. And back to the uh, the, the Chinese culture. So if you see a uh, if you see five bats flying around a peach tree, um, apparently those will those are carrying the five blessings, um, which um, which are happiness, um, uh, good luck. Um, a long life um, and a peaceful death. So, uh, so actually, wow. so there's a, a very deep connection with culture, and you can see this actually in many temples um, in Hong Kong and in China. You'll see on the, do the door handles, on windows, and on columns these um, the motives of yes. the five bats. You can count them every time because um, there's got to be five. Right, and uh -huh. you first of all you see three, and you think, oh, where are the others? But you'll find them somewhere in the design. They're hidden. Maybe. It's amazing. Yeah. So actually, people. People in Hong Kong should be welcoming bats since it's mm. part of the Chinese culture. Yeah, right? yeah. In fact, yeah. in fact, we use this a lot with our education because um, the older generation do remember this, and uh, uh, quite a few por porcelain bowls in people's houses they have the bat motifs around the edge as well. So the old design uh, of, of the porcelain 
old porcelain bowl design is, is already features the bats. But the younger generation, they've been influenced by Dracula right. and uh, the more sort of darker side, and Halloween, of yes, course. Halloween. So we do have to get the balance back again and show that the bat, bats are really critical for um, our ha healthy ecosystems. Well, is yeah. there a Batman effect on uh, the way people look at bats? I don't know. Yeah, the Batman is the positive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so, kind of a positive. He's so, a superhero. Yeah. yeah. So that that uh, that you would hope that, that that actually brings the positive spin to 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 the bats. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think bats are adorable. I think they're so cute. They have the most cute faces with their their big eyes. Mm. So it's been wonderful to be able to learn more about them uh, on this Halloween. So Gary, thank you so much for coming in and, and teaching us all about bats. Yeah. Thank you. And we've been speaking with Dr. Gary Aids, who is the head of fauna conservation uh, at Kaduri, Kaduri Farm and Botanic Garden, all about bats on this Halloween.